0: Welcome to the hear it podcast i'm your host rebecca roberts and each week we're going to be speaking to different guests about their take on how to engage a youth audience i really hope you like it Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Hero It podcast. Now we're moving on to talk about young people and the power of the youth vote, and we're gonna play this episode as a bit of a one-off special because I've lined up some guests for um, that are UK-based, but that's probably gonna run um, next season, which will be 2021. And I was really fortunate enough to speak to someone in the US before the US election. Um, and I wanted to play you that before this series kind of finished because I thought it was really relevant now. Um, so I spoke with Jess Blair from Civic Nation, and here's what she had to say. So hi, Jess. Thanks ever so much for coming on the Here It podcast today. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, So for those of you who don't know, um, Jess, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career and how you've landed at Civic Nation?
1: Sure. Um, So... Uh, I started my career at a talent agency in Los Angeles. It was a very traditional um, entourage experience. Um, I went to film school and sort of that was, that was the best entry into the entertainment industry. And I started as an executive assistant there and then worked my way up for about four years in their digital department, which was uh, pretty newly established shortly before I joined. And it was very innovative. Uh, We were tasked with exploring new content and distribution models um, and building businesses around new digital talent, which was a very uh, uncharted territory previously for a talent agency. Um, So I, I really enjoyed my time there. But after a few years, I was itching to make my next move. But I had very little idea of of what I wanted to do. I had probably what's a very common experience of sort of being paralyzed by uh, being uncomfortable in a current position but not really knowing what direction I wanted to move in. So I came across the job I have now at Civic Nation and at first I didn't really understand what it was. Uh, I got that it combined uh, my previous experience in entertainment It had a big creative element to it and revolved around causes that I cared about, but I just didn't know jobs like that existed. So one thing led to another, and uh, now I am the director of the Creative Alliance, and the Creative Alliance is essentially a consortium of creative agencies, production companies, marketers, talent agencies like the one that I was previously at who sign up to be members of the creative alliance which essentially means they donate their time and resources when they can to produce and execute creative campaigns for the different causes that live within Civic Nation.
0: Yeah that's a really fascinating setup because I've talked to a few charities here about because often the charity sector gets this kind of pro bono wanting to help but that's quite hard isn't it to like to actually nail people to like what they're actually gonna donate and give? Like how how does that all work?
1: Yes, it is we try not to build pretty we try not to build strict requirements because we realize that the resources and the time that our creative companies donate are are very valuable. And part of the beauty of the Creative Alliance is that the agencies and the creatives and the experts that we work with are, they all have sort of paying clients, to be blunt. So they have existing work streams and resources, and that's what makes them so valuable to us, is that they are in a different sector where they constantly have to stay on top of industry news and trends and stay competitive. And that allows them to maintain a certain level of expertise so that when they engage with us being a pro bono or nonprofit client, they're bringing all of that expertise to the table. So, in terms of requirements, it's it's pretty loose. But we have over a hundred companies in the Creative Alliance, and because we're all working towards uh, really good causes, it it tends to be a very collaborative experience. And I know that everyone says, "Oh, we love collaborating," but but the companies in the Creative Alliance really do love collaborating the campaign that we just recently launched for when we all vote called vote loud involved i think the total number ended up being seven or eight different creative alliance companies who came to the table with their own set of expertise and bandwidth and we couldn't have done it without each and every one of them
0: that's amazing like i guess for 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 so this is the UK, mainly audience, like what, tell us a bit more about Civic Nation, because you get involved with some like really big issues, uh, and many of which are around empowering young people and using their voice for change. So tell us a bit more about some of the campaigns you get involved with.
1: So Civic Nation was born out of the Obama-Biden presidential administration. Um, And it it was developed as a way to give longer life to the initiatives that they had built during their time in the White House. So in the U.S., when a social cause is started in the White House, it's considered a government entity. So when they were coming to the end of their tenure, they moved the different social cause initiatives that they had started into a nonprofit so that they could continue to fundraise and staff and live on, essentially. Um, So I kind of think of it as like a nonprofit holding company because we have now, I think, seven different initiatives within Civic Nation, um, all of which span across sort of different issue areas, but they're all about culture change. They're all sort of uh, current touch points. and, um, And the Creative Alliance works across all seven of them. So I feel very lucky in my job that I get to work not just on one cause within Civic Nation, but I get to work with all the teams and see all the amazing work that my colleagues are doing across civic engagement, education access, gender equity, and different causes that that come up in our work.
0: The current one, Vote Loud, is amazing. Like, how do you approach something so huge? Because it's a real common, I guess, fault with a lot of um, youth campaigns, uh, particularly around. And voting to avoid that becoming a sort of a telling them what to do type message like tell us a bit more about vote loud and how you approached it
1: yeah so we started our work on vote loud probably last november so we've been working on it for almost a year and the way that we like to approach our briefs at the creative alliance is to try to keep them as basic as possible so we really like to present our creative alliance partners with the problem that we identify the desired solution or the goal to the problem. And then we like to give them the creative freedom to come up with the mechanism to try to solve that problem. So when we started vote loud, we realized that when we all vote, which is an incredible initiative that lives within civic nation, it was founded by Michelle Obama and a slew of very influential celebrities back in 2018 but We realized that the celebrities and Michelle Obama included are, are amazing megaphones for the cause, but we weren't really sure that they directly appealed to young people. And as I'm sure we've all realized, which is you know how you and I initially got connected, was young people um, across the board. Whether you're trying to tap into them for you know nonprofit action or to push products or to get their eyeballs on a piece of content. Um, there's a huge opportunity, but also they're a tricky group of people. So we realized we had an opportunity with young people with voting um, based on research that we had done and that other voting groups and firms had done in the past few years that that kind of... Um, debunked the theory that young people are apathetic. There's kind of this belief that like young people don't care. They don't see how their vote or politics trickles down to their everyday life. They're not engaged. We found that the opposite was true, actually, that young people are very engaged, especially young people today. They do care about social issues, but there wasn't really a a voting initiative, at least a marketing initiative around voting that was speaking to them in a way that pushed action. So that was sort of the opportunity that we saw, that they're obviously a a major voting block in this election, um, and that no one was speaking to them in a way that really resonated with them. So we approached a few different agencies within the creative alliance with um, our brief was essentially to make voting cool, which um, we were told like, as soon as you call something cool, it immediately becomes uncool. Um, so we, um, ended up partnering with anomaly LA, um, they're sort of, they're a global award-winning agency and we worked with them from January until, you know, we're still working with them now to develop the strategy and to pull in the right partners, um, and to form very innovative brand partnerships to launch vote
0: loud when it comes to using the right voices and the right tone and style of the campaign, what seems to work well? Cause you mentioned there about nothing before was speaking, you know, directly to young people in the way that perhaps they were expecting to, do you use young people as part of your research or to test your ideas? Like how do you approach it?
1: That's a good question. We, so like I said, like we work with creatives and marketers and and agencies who are normally tapping into these audiences for, you know, Clients that are paying major retainers to see some reward and a lot of investment, so we get to tap into the expertise um, of you know agencies that are marketing products to the same age demographic and building on that strategy of the research they've already done. Um, and then on top of that, you know, because Civic Nation is a very uh, young and innovative company, we have a lot of young people who work at civic nation and they have been very willing to always provide very candid feedback on our creative
0: so that helps as well there's an obvious how you measure success in terms of voting output but in all your campaigns like how how do you feel like you've achieved and how do you measure that success that is a tough question is a good question um
1: like i said most of the initiatives and the work that we do at civic nation revolves around culture change so intrinsically, culture change is very hard to measure. It's often slow-moving and intangible. And our aim, really, with culture change is to change people's hearts and minds, which is a tough thing to measure. So we try to build our campaigns with, with specific metrics that are uniquely developed based on that specific creative. So it usually reflects what we call the ladder of engagement. So depending on what the campaign is and depending what the goal is, The first step of the ladder could be social media engagement, getting people to repost or engage with the social media campaign that we put out. The next step could be signing up for an email list so that we can reach out to them again and contact them about the next step in the ladder, which could be taking a pledge to vote or volunteering at a local event or even signing up for a leadership position within their community. So we realize it's really important to find ways to measure success in each individual campaign. We also acknowledge that a lot of the work we do is is very slow moving and high level. So there are also long-term success metrics that we look at. So I'll take It's On Us as an example, which is our initiative to combat sexual assault on college campuses. And it's one of the initiatives that was, was developed by Joe Biden in the White House from the White House task force to prevent sexual assault. And they found that um, amongst college students, reports of sexual assault were increasing, where in other in other populations, they were either remaining stagnant or decreasing. So it's on us was kind of an innovative White House initiative, because it was Its goal was to end sexual assault by specifically targeting college age men. So that initiative has existed since 2014. And in the past six years, um, you know, it now has local chapters with student leaders on over 275 college campuses across the country. They continue to provide very industry-leading research and curriculum on sexual assault prevention, not just to students, but to universities and colleges across the country. And they've even influenced legislation in some places. So that's kind of a testament to their long-term culture change success. On a campaign level it usually revolves around some of those um, more specific metrics that I
0: mentioned before. Yeah, I think was your last um, voting campaign where you had that almost like college sport approach that I just thought is a really, it's a clever tool, tool to engage those, I guess, influences around those young people like universities, because you can then measure like how they're adapting your campaign for their own, you know, campus and things. And I think that's a It's almost like it is your campaign, but you're almost packaging it up really well for others to amplify that. Um, And you mentioned a little bit before about that stereotype, you know, young people don't care about politics. And we've certainly got that in the UK. You know, do you feel that young people are misunderstood as stereotypes? And where do you think people go wrong when they approach doing stuff for young people um, as one sort of homogenous group of um, an audience? They kind of band them all together, don't they? They
1: do. Yeah. And I think that that is probably one big mistake is is. Labeling them all as young people, um, and I don't. I don't know if young people are necessarily misunderstood, but I think they have very little tolerance for lack of authenticity. So I. I think. I think this generation of young people has even less tolerance than any previous generation. I think they have. A, they kind of have their own language, and there's a very fine line between getting that right and appearing to be pandering to them. And um, I, don't, I don't know that I have the answer and I won't say that I've always gotten it right, but I will say that it moves so swiftly. It moves just as quickly as culture does these days. So I think I think, getting it right and, th- and going back to what has worked in the past without acknowledging that it might not work again is probably a big mistake that that brands and organizations make. I would say that messaging and marketing and assumptions that these brands and organizations make about young people have to be constantly changing and innovating.
0: And what would be your advice to teams who are wanting to better engage with youth audiences, particularly when it comes to getting big ideas or behavior change messages out?
1: I would say that my, my top tip is that it's really important to meet your target audience where they are. Um, I think brands, organizations, and even people can probably do a better job of, of thinking outside the box in how to engage and reach people where they are. So not just what distribution platform or what app, but also like what messenger, what celebrity, is it, is it right to use a celebrity? I think all of these things um, need to be constantly reassessed. Um, and, and innovative, um, which is tough because where people are spending their time and ingesting their news and content and creating their own communities is constantly changing, but that's why, that's why I think innovation and even risk is really important. I think taking risks is something that, uh, that I wish that brands could be more bold with.
0: Yeah, I think sometimes when you're pitching ideas, like I know certainly when I worked in higher education, that board meeting that group of execs you're talking to aren't necessarily a target audience. So that can be quite challenging to get that buy-in for a campaign sometimes.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we we experience that too because I think as the person who's kind of producing these campaigns, targeting young people, we're also, back to your question about metrics for success, we know that it's important to have some sort of tangible look of success so that we can go back to brands and partners and donors and continue our work and show that what we're doing is working and is successful. And, you know, I, I fully realize that when there's a lot of money on the line, it's, it's very scary and hard to take risks. But I would even peel that layer back more and say, like, do you need to be investing tons and tons of money into an idea or is there an innovative idea that exists that, that allows you to be more comfortable with taking that risk?
0: You have to be agile, I guess, with youth marketing and try something and be prepared that some things might fail. But then when something's working, you can kind of do more of that.
1: Definitely. I saw a, a really great campaign um, out of the UK, actually, She Votes. I was connected to the the agency that started that campaign through my work here in the U.S., But we were really blown away with how much it took off based on the fact that it was a very user-generated, open, brief kind of project. And it allowed people to really take the meaning or the hashtag of SheVotes and interpret it in their own way and have their own creative expression of what that means. And it it took off. And it didn't take a lot of time or investment to, to come up with the structure But allowing people to engage with the with the concepting and to take it into their own form really empowered people to spread it and engage with it.
0: Yeah, I saw that. It reminded me of there'd been a a sports campaign going for the past few years actually called This Girl Can. And basically sports clubs and individuals could use the hashtag and use the artwork and, you know, breathe life into it and that is always a risk when you're kind of giving up part of your campaign but I think it's becoming yeah, you know, a lot of audiences are becoming used to kind of that co-creation and like using it and so one thing I'm doing asking everyone who comes on is around whether there is a particular brand or campaign that you think does a particularly good job at engaging children or young people at the moment
1: I hate this question because I am I am secretly like I'm such an old soul and I feel like I I personally don't have a good pulse on on the brands and the organizations that young people are into at the moment. I feel like my my Gen Z colleagues at work tell me about things and, and my reaction is always what is that? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what it is, but I will I will use our brand partners for vote loud in this because I do think that through my work with Vote Loud, I've, I've come to see how they engage with the audience. And I think it's really innovative and interesting. So one of our brand partners was Gucci and they have a, a cause arm within Gucci called Gucci Changemakers. And I think Gucci as a brand has done a really interesting job of tapping into culture uh, on many different levels. They, you know, their price point doesn't necessarily... You wouldn't think that Gucci with the price points that they have would be something that would intrinsically appeal to young people, but it does. and I think how they manage to do that is really fantastic, and I think that they tap into a culture despite being a luxury brand like like no other luxury brand does. and I think that has put them sort of on the cutting edge of that and I think you know, being a nonprofit and appealing to young people broadly, we were still very comfortable and, and very enthusiastic to partner with their change maker arm because of all the work that they do within culture and because of their resonance with our target audience. The other company I would say um, that does a good job at engaging young people is Epic Games. So We partnered with their app House Party, which I'm not sure if you're familiar. If you were one of,
0: it became like the lockdown app that everyone (laughs) got a short
1: while. Yes, I was going to say I'm not sure if you were one of the millions of people that downloaded it when we all went into the early days of quarantining. But we partnered with them, and they're intrinsically innovative. They're they're a new tech and gaming platform, but I think that their infrastructure and the sensibility of the company, in my experience, has really embraced new and innovative ideas. So it's not surprising to me that they continue to push out product and and technology that continues to be industry leading and cutting edge and uh, appeals to young people. Are there
0: any podcasts or books that you would recommend? And they don't have to be marketing specific. They could be just great for like ideas or whatever. But what what would you recommend people check out?
1: So the the podcasts I listen to are purely for entertainment and not for work. And I would embarrass myself if I told you all the <laughs> most like roundups on trashy reality TV, which I love. But I will say there's uh, an email newsletter that I love that I literally tell everyone about because it's been my favorite for years. It's called Internet Brunch, um, and it's short and it's sweet. And especially being an old soul, it keeps me young and good at my job. Um, And it's a daily roundup on stuff happening on the internet and pop culture and in the news. It also happens to be from one of the ad agencies in the Creative Alliance, Big Spaceship, but I'm not biased because I've literally subscribed to this newsletter since I was in college.
0: Thank you. Thanks ever so much for your time um, today and we will speak soon. Thanks so much. that's it episode 10 is done I really hate you found that useful I really enjoyed chatting to Jess so next up we're going to be moving on to talk about technology and the university sector so looking at student recruitment but also how students are faring learning their degrees through a screen because of lockdown so I'm really fortunate to be enough to be joined by Eric Stroll for episode 11 and it's a really good one it's definitely worth checking out please like share comment do the usual stuff with the podcast I really appreciate your support bye